It's Rumination Thursday on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reinitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing very good, uh, especially in light of uh, the difference between two individuals we're going to be talking about today. We need to remember that Lutherans are not the only ones who believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, A lot of times there are other denominations and people who really make an impact concerning their faith, either one way or the other. They make an impact either because they're very positive about the faith or because they are really negative against the Bible. So we're going to be talking about a difference between two individuals. And the first one we're going to talk about is the Queen of England. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I hunted up this article, and there's been subsequent articles about her. But uh, over the years, if, if you followed her life, she was quite a believer uh, in Jesus. And she, you can go back to the year 2000 or 2011 and her messages, and even as late as 2020, public, these are all public statements that she made about uh, her faith in Jesus. Yes, we want to talk about that a little bit. The public statements that she made about faith in Jesus. For example, She was a good friend to the United States. She understood the sacrifices of hundreds of thousands of young Americans who fell defending not only their own country's liberty, but hers as well. And this was shown movingly when she authorized the American National Anthem to be played on September the 12th, 2001, during the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace, out of respect for those who lost their lives and in solidarity with the United States. During a memorial service for those lost on 9-11 that was held in London's St. Paul's Cathedral, when the star-spangled banner was played, she joined in the singing and was later seen wiping a tear from her eye. So she was very close to the United States and support. But what must not be forgotten in the many tributes to the late queen is what? Uh, Her faith in Christ. You know, for example, she said of Jesus in his early 30s, He was arrested, tortured, and crucified with two criminals. His death might have been the end of the story, but then came the resurrection with his foundation of the Christian faith. Excellent. This is what she proposed, and that was her faith. And this was no weak espousal of Jesus as a nice man who said good things. The queen stated quite clearly her belief in the bodily resurrection of Jesus. This is brave, moving, and noble. 
But then she also had a 2011 Christmas message. What did she say there? Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we are sometimes deceiving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though that they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. It is my prayer that on this Christmas day, that we might find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ our Lord. What I really like about that statement is law and gospel. She begins by saying that we are capable of great acts of kindness, but sometimes we need saving from ourselves from our recklessness or our greed. Now that's the law coming from the Queen of England indicating that we need saving from ourselves. And that was something that she really believed. And so she says that God sent into the world a unique person and he had the power to forgive. And her prayer was, as you read, that we would have room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of God through Christ our Lord. What was the message of the angels that she's talking about? Peace on earth and goodwill towards all mankind. Exactly. And she understood that to mean Not that there wouldn't be any conflict or wars or the poor or this sort of thing, but the peace between us and God the Father. And that's why she referred to Jesus as her Savior, who actually was able to save ourselves from our recklessness and our greed. Her first... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say her first ever Christmas message was given in 2020. And if you uh, notice, no, 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 Jesus, no, 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 no. That wasn't a Christmas message. Easter, I'm sorry, an Easter message. Yes. Uh, well, and what I was saying is we've already read a 2000 broadcast and then our 211. And now we're looking at her 220. There's about a 10-year difference, you know, following her in her life and in her celebration uh, of her her faith in Christ. And the message she made in 2020 was the discovery of the risen Christ on the first Easter day gave his followers new hope and fresh purpose. And we can take heart from this. And that was at the height of what? The coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Now, if that isn't the task of a Christian to comfort people who are really afraid, and that pandemic, of course, was one with which they were afraid of, and yet she encouraged all Britons to remember that the risen Christ, she called him, which means she believed 
he rose from the dead, gave his followers new hope, and we can take comfort from that. There, there was even other Christians who applauded what the queen's message was concerning Jesus Christ. One of them was Billy Graham. He actually wrote about Queen Elizabeth in his autobiography entitled, Just As I Am. And what did he write? Well, her official position, you know, actually prevented her from endorsing their crusade meetings when they were in England. But by welcoming us and having us on several uh, occasions, he, he was the priest of the royal family at uh, several of their castles. And so he writes that she went out of her way to be quietly supportive of our mission. In fact, another evangelist who was the CEO of Britain's Evangelical Alliance, his name is Gavin Calver, he went so far as to say what? The Queen has served incredibly and also and was also the greatest evangelist I could could think of. You know, it was her witness. He said he was also the greatest evangelist I could think of. Think of, right. Now, boy, has anybody ever said that about you and me? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. So as Queen of England, she did not back off on her belief that Jesus Christ is her Savior. And uh, do you remember how old she was when she died? Mm -hmm. I believe about 96. That's correct, yes. And, and so we'll have to see if the new king is going to continue with that message of Jesus Christ. But there was a leading cleric, the Archbishop of York, he had a tribute to Elizabeth also when he spoke of her. What did he say of her? Well, the queen was not shy in speaking of her faith and the hope and the strength that she found in Jesus Christ. At the heart of the good news of God is that through the death and resurrection, his son Jesus, the promise of new and eternal life is offered to us all. Yes, and the Archbishop Stephen Cottrell, he also said, this belief, this hope sustained our queen, and as she rejoices in that promise fulfilled, so we too can draw comfort and hope from it. In fact, the queen was not embarrassed at all to directly speak of her personal walk with God. For example, on one occasion, what did she say? She was very grateful to God for his steadfast love. I have indeed seen his faithfulness. Now that's really a wonderful message. His faithfulness, that's really what also Lutheranism really emphasizes 
that God is faithful to us, which means she believed his promises and therefore they were very helpful in her life. They, from her point of view, were part of his steadfast love and therefore she believed he kept his promise. So, and, and a reminder too that the year before when her husband died, Prince Philip, he was just as devout too. They were they were quite a, a couple that uh, built their marriage on Jesus Christ. Yes, I don't know how many people. There were a lot of things about Queen Elizabeth that people celebrated, but I hardly ever heard about the faith she had in Jesus. But that was clear. Uh, as part of the Church of England, it is a clarity concerning Jesus Christ that we, all Christians, can therefore wish we had also. Right, and their funeral's coming up, I believe, on Monday from Westminster. And quite a bit of the liturgy, which is liturgy that we would, we would understand and hymns that they may sing are hymns, that, Christian hymns that we, we uh, uh, know well, too. It should be an amazing sight to watch. Well, we're now going to go to our second individual, and you can't get somebody more opposite to Queen Elizabeth than this individual. This is a individual. His name is Isaac Simmons. He's a staff member and a candidate for ordination in the United Methodist Church. But the United Methodists are not as united these days as they once were. Why is that? Well, while well, the third largest denomination in the United States is teetering on a schism on their role on LGBTQ community. In the other words, there's a big split in them over whether or not the Bible is true against homosexual lifestyles. And exactly. this person, this person is emblematic of that big issue, including the authority of the Bible. What does he particularly do that is, from our point of view, very horrible? Well, uh, he is a homosexual that uh, dress, dresses up as a drag queen. And not only that, is he calls himself a drag queen lay minister. Yes. Now, he's not a minister yet, but in the article, there was a, a, a photo of him with another pastor, and it was saying that he is a candidate to ordination in the United Methodist Church. He's a man, and he's wearing a dress with a clergy. What's he, what's he got around him? 
I didn't download a picture. Oh, stole. Yes. You know, we change stoles due to the color of the season. So what are we wearing right now? Well, right now we're wearing green. Yes, that's for Pentecost. He has a white stole on over a dress, and he is a man who is a woman. Now, why is he dressed this way? What does he think his mission is? I'm sorry, I'm laughing. He he thinks his mission is to go into homosexual bars, gay, LGBTQ bars, and minister to gays. He he calls himself the Miss Pentecost, derived from the Pentecost, and uh, thinks that he is uh, delivering the message of good news of Jesus Christ to the homosexuals. Yes. Now, there are those in the Methodist Church who say we take a biblical view on sexuality, that it should only be between a man and a woman who are married. That was the senior pastor of Sherman United Methodist. While homosexuality has drawn much of the media's attention, the issue goes much deeper. It goes to how to view the authority of the Bible and basic Christian doctrines. Now, if, if that isn't a great point that's being made, that the homosexual movement, its real problem is not living a lifestyle that can send people to hell, but it's also preaching that the authority of the Bible is wrong when it comes out against the gay movement. And so there's a movement in the church to have intermarriage uh, between people of the same sex, uh, gay marriage, and other such things. And he goes to these bars and preaches to these people, and he's not preaching that they should repent of their sin, is he? No. He's, uh, he's trying to say that uh, he's healing the wounds of the religious trauma and embracing themselves, that the divine within the gay bars as well as in the pulpits, while in the full drag, that, Everywhere God is present and God loves them just the way that they are and and uh, the way way that they practice out their life. Yeah, yeah, you might as well have a pedophile going into a pedophile bar uh, and explain to those people that it's okay that you are the way you are because that's the way you were born as. And since you're born that way, that's God's intention for you to act that way. But this fine pastor in the Methodist church says that the biblical epistles written by Paul and Peter prohibited homosexual activity. But he says that some more progressive voices in the denomination contend the verses in question are poorly translated from the original language. Now, 
Do you know of any verses that, like Romans 1, is that a poor translation? Right. Yeah, Romans 1, you have 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you have 1 Timothy chapter 1. That's just in the New Testament. You, you can go into Genesis that talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you can go talk about it in Leviticus. It's usually talks that a man should not lie with another man as with a woman. It's all over the scriptures. So uh, I don't think they're poorly written translations. Not at all. And so... Some of the denomination's leaders reject the miracles of Jesus. They reject salvation through his shed blood or believe, and this is a lot like Elka, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, there are other paths to salvation than just through Jesus Christ. And so, as in Elka, there's no accountability in the denomination. I think so, that's quite a telling statement. I mean, that really lays it out. It isn't just a homosexuality, but they reject Christ as well. Yes. They don't listen to him. I mean, you can't read uh, Solomon's book on Proverbs that we're studying on Wednesdays without realizing God's attitude towards sinful behavior. So how did this individual get identified as a pre-ordination candidate? They identified him as non-binary. What are they talking about there? Well, not necessarily male or female. Uh, who did this? Oh, my gosh. The Great Rivers Conference, uh, kind of like a, like one of our districts. Yes. And they approved him as a pre-ordination candidate. And so they've got a number of pictures of him as a drag queen. Can you maybe explain what a drag queen is? Drag queen, as I understand it, is, is a homosexual who, who dresses like a woman, complete with makeup, body parts, you know, uh, hairdo, uh, makeup, and uh, looks just like a woman. Yes. The fact that the Methodist Church does have a position that sexually active gay people are barred from the ministry and all candidates for the ministry sign a pledge to be celibate either when they are single and faithful when they are married. In fact, Bishop Beard noted an unmarried heterosexual pastoral candidate in the conference was recently rejected for failing to be celibate you know, in our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, one of the principles of a candidate for the ministry is that he needs to be married not only to a woman, but also to a Lutheran. And if he's not married mm -hmm. to a Lutheran, 
then he is not okayed for ordination. Right. Well, they voted on the Simmons pastoral candidacy, and uh, he's the first openly gay person to receive approval within the, their conference and the first known drag queen to receive designation in the history of the denomination. So I guess that's one of the reasons they're following his life so closely. And I am sure that he lives on the East or West Coast where they're so liberal. Is Am I correct on that? He's a Bartonville native, which is just south of Peoria. He's a what native? He, Bartonville is is a is a small community just south of Peoria, Illinois. So he's an Illinoisan. Isn't that something? In the middle of the country, which normally is very conservative, the United Church is Methodist Church is saying that he can be a pastor. I mean, it's bad enough that women are pastors, or they think they are when they really aren't. But now to have a a gay person, it it really shows the difference between Queen Elizabeth and this individual. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. Queen Elizabeth pointed to, to Jesus as her Savior. And as you read this article and several other articles on this drag queen or homosexual, they're concerned about, about themselves and that they're, they're okay in their lifestyle. Yes. It's interesting to note that advertising for universities, etc., rarely talk about their faith in Jesus, but instead talk about you, how you're going to become a better person, uh, better able to live in the world, become more successful, etc. If that isn't pietistic legalism, I don't know what is. But that's what he does in preaching. So thanks for finding those two articles, the one on Queen Elizabeth and on this individual. We'll pray for the United Methodist Church and also thank God for a queen that really spoke her faith. I'm Tom Baker with West Rheimnitz. You've been listening to Rumination Thursday. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.